We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live once again. It is the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. Jeffrey, I just got to let you know. Yeah. I might have a little bit of breaking news for you here. Okay? This is a big deal. Are you ready for this? Yeah. A little bit of of breaking news. Okay. In exactly three hours from this moment, we are going to get the first round of 64 games in the NCAA tournament for 2021. It's here. Two years. Yeah. We've waited, we waited two years for this. I know. I'll here. tell you we what. We Rob. made it. We survived. We're, we're all in one piece. We're semi-sane. We made yeah. it. We made. I can't believe it. We made it. It was so, so much fun, like, being at the games. You know, driving to Mackey, walking in. You know, we got there early, so we had to wait. Basically, what they do is they don't allow you in. We were kind of in, like, a holding room, like a press room but you can't get into the arena till an hour before. And we were there like two hours before. So um, to walk in and, and see uh, all the, the coaches, the assistant coach, you know, like I haven't seen these guys. So even like – so I, I walked down to the front row um, and I'm like talking to like Doug Wojcik from six feet away. He's down underneath. I'm, I'm, I'm in the stands. Uh, you know, walked over and like waved to Tom Izzo from like 20 feet over and he's waving to me and – it was just – it was cool. It was cool. And then, you know, again, just to see the games in person, um, it was awesome. It was awesome. They weren't the prettiest of games, but it did not matter one bit yesterday, Rob, just to be at games. Sure. Today, I'll be at four games. You know, my, my schedules – and I don't know if this is what I should have done, but, like, you can only pick – you can't bounce during the same time slot. So you have to pick because you're there's only 25 total media people allowed. They space it out well. The only hard part for, for us is, you know, again, we're tier three. So, you know, fans are coming up to me. Um, I guess my wife said I'm still recognizable in, in, in uh, even with a mask, that I have a very distinct look. So people still recognize me with a mask. Well, the, problem is, the problem is every other media member is like 5'9", and then you're walking around here like six foot four, right, right. like your, your big goofy gait. Exactly. Exactly. It's pretty easy. It's pretty yeah, easy. To- you're, 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 you're not hiding from anybody. No, 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 no. So, so here's my schedule for today. Ready? This is what I chose. All um, right. What do you got? I went, and I don't know if you would have done the same. I did not confer with you on this. I probably should have, but I didn't. I went Colgate, Arkansas to start at Banker's Life. Cause like you got to go Colgate, Arkansas in the first group, don't you? You got one of the first four. You tell text to go to and beard's gonna kick my ass because i'm not gonna be there and, and but it's all the way at assembly hall 
If you do that, you don't get a second game in that window. You're out. You're out for the afternoon. You get one shot. And you miss everything driving back. So I, I didn't do that. I went Colgate, Arkansas. It's right here in Banker's Life. I can walk over there from my hotel. Then the second window. This was a tough one. All right. Oral Roberts, Ohio State really couldn't do it because the, the games, you know, you miss part of it. Hartford, Baylor, just not going to be a game. And then it's really Georgia Tech, Loyola, Chicago, or Oregon State, Tennessee. Which would you have gone with in that window? Oh, man. Um, I probably would have gone with Oregon State, Tennessee. Um, I went but... Georgia Tech, Loyola because you had to choose it before Moses Wright was out. So we Fair had enough. to pick that before. I thought it was going to be a good 8-9 game. I've known Josh Pastner, like, like I said, since he was 17 years old. So for me – this one's kind of cool, seeing Josh Pastner with Moses Wright, with Alvarado, but now they don't have Moses Wright. So that was my that was my afternoon slate. And then my night slate, Rob, it starts off to me. I got the early one uh, at Farmers right here, uh, Liberty, Oklahoma State. I had to go with Cade, right? Didn't I have to go with Cade? I mean, Wisconsin, Carolina, Cleveland State, Houston, North Texas, Purdue. Didn't I have to go with Cade Cunningham in that one or no? Yeah, you had to. Because I think Oklahoma State could end up losing that game. Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose, but I I think, again, it's Kate Cunningham. Uh, They're all okay games there. And then the nightcap, I had a hard time with this one. This was my hardest decision. Uh, Syracuse, San Diego State, or Winthrop Villanova? I want Winthrop Villanova because I think we're going to get upset. Well, we're not, and we'll talk about that. But, um, yeah, I think you made the right choice there. Um, yes, it's tough. That, that's the that's the one advantage of being at home for the first round. I've yeah. never I've never gone to first weekend games. I've always tried to avoid doing that. Once you get to the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight, then you can actually get some real like. There's good storylines. Um, there are, are, are bigger names and bigger teams. There's less stuff going on, so you're not missing everything. But like at the end of the day, if you unless you get lucky with where you go for a lot of these first weekend sites. Um, then there's just really not all that much exciting to write about. Like if you're going to a site and the number one seed advances to the Sweet 16, like what what are you writing? Rob, I was there. I was there in Tampa, uh, however many years ago now, and you did the one of the 68 shining moments on on Drake Western Kentucky. Um, I was there for you know that day when we had four upsets. So that was the greatest tournament day I've ever had. Um, four upsets, same day, buzzer beaters. It had everything. So, I don't know. I just feel like I'd rather be at games, especially this year. Now, again, there were 9% capacity at Purdue last night. 9%. It was empty, completely empty. Um, But I don't know. I just feel like being there, getting the goosebumps as you walk in. I got them last night as as they did intros because, again, it it had been so long. It was so cool to see. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, and there's definitely something to going to the games. It's just when there's too much going on. And the other part of it was what I had to do for NBC. Um, right. They needed me reacting to to everything yeah. and writing everything down and dealing with all of, all of the, the nonsense that you would have to deal with at a place that was more interested in aggregating headlines than they were in actually doing any kind of real yeah. honest yeah. to God reporting. Um, right. And I also got like deep dives and things like that. So uh, I had to I had to be home. Um, so – so, uh, we need to talk a little bit about Tom Izzo before we, we yeah. move on. First and foremost, I just want to say this. The first four games are awesome. 
last night. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to the HBCUs first because yeah. I know you're not going to no, 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 we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So we had four four games. Yeah. Um, every single one of them, uh, one team got up by double digits. Yeah. The other team came all the way back. And three of the four, the, the team that came back won. Uh, Dustin Kearns and Appalachian State did not win. Uh, they had a shot at the buzzer to win it. They missed. Um, Wichita State had a shot at the buzzer to win it. They missed. Uh, UCLA had a shot at the buzzer to win it. They missed and ended up winning in overtime. Um, it was it was a great day of games, and I will tell you this. And and I'll credit Matt Norlander here uh, because he was he he kind of made this point, and I totally agree with him. This should be what the first four format is uh, moving forward permanently. Get the four four games in one day, stagger yeah. the start, yeah. um, and set it up so it feels like an actual NCAA tournament window. We don't need two games in two days. It, it's, no. They're proving right now that it's feasible to be able to do this. You give these teams an extra day. Uh, like You don't have to worry about having them play on that Tuesday. So like they're basically flying in and playing immediately. Um, it just it's, it's better. Put, put all four games in one day. It feels like a real honest-to-God tournament day. Well, you day. need two sites then. If you're going to do that in the night window – What's wrong with that? What's wrong with having two sides? So in or, the, in or the have- yeah, or or do it look like Lucas Oil, like they have it here, where they have um, two two courts set up right now. In the, in the yeah, do right something now. like that, or have one in Dayton, one be in uh, like have one at the Palestra. Pick one historic building and and sure. have tournament games in that in, in there. Like the, the one, the other cool thing about this event and the way that it's set up is that we're having tournament games like in Mackey Arena, tournament games That's in awesome. Assembly Hall. It's yeah, awesome. It's it was it's fun really cool. last night. I mean, I saw you know the 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 house where Hummel, you know, that Hummel built, and you know, uh, the best part. You want to know the best part? Did you saw my tweet right mm-hmm. when I got there? You know, I took a picture of the John Wooden statue and tweeted out. Uh, my sources say that you know they're they're going to build another a statue next to it of, of Robbie Hummel. Yeah, well, see, and, uh, look, you're, you're bragging. That you didn't even get the good, the best tweet. You didn't even see what I quote tweeted. I did. I did. I saw. I saw. It. Good, I saw good. It. All right. Um, continuing on last night. No, though. wait, wait, wait. I didn't finish my thought. Do you know who fell for it? Do you know who fell for my tweet that there's going to be a Robbie mm-hmm. Hummel statue? Do you know who texted in a text thread with me and, and, and Robbie Hummel? Can you guess? Mm-hmm. There's a coach. What head coach do you think texted us falling for it and saying congrats to Robbie Hummel? On having a statue built, Tom Crean. No, Scott <laughs> Drew. Scott Drew. <laughs> it, was, it was so good, so well, good. The Hummel, Hummel, and the Drew family go way right. back because yes. Hummel's yes. from Valparaiso, yes. and the Drew. I was so happy for him, and I had to, you know, Bob yeah. had to tell him in the text thread that I was screwing around with him, and I think I think Scott was so um, disappointed. He was so happy for Robbie that he was going to have a statue at Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. Um, anyway, yeah. moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> you always end up on these ridiculous tangents, and I don't, it is what it is. That's, well, we got, that's, listen, that's we only how had- Mark Green is working for us right now. Anyway, so what happened last night? Um, that I do, there's two things that I think are important to mention. The first, like you said, is a couple of HBCU schools won, and I believe it's the first time since uh, in what 25 years that we've had. Um, two HBCUs win a game in yeah. the uh, the NCAA tournament in the same year. Norfolk State beat Appalachian State, uh, and Texas Southern knocked off Mount St. Mary's, and that's that's significant um, for for a couple of reasons. But a lot of it has to do with the money involved, right? 
So the, for the people that don't know, the way that this stuff gets paid out is NCAA tournament win shares, which basically means um, every time that your team wins a game, you get X amount of dollars going to, this, to the entire conference. And I think that number somewhere in like the – like just under $2 million goes to the entire right conference. About yeah, it's right about $2 million right now. Yeah, so that, what that means is basically every team in the SWAC and every team in the MEAC is going to get a bump of like – one hundred and twenty thousand dollars for the athletic department budget uh, awesome because of math. these wins. How do you which, get two million? Two two million divided by I think there's how many teams in the SWAC? Like there's like fourteen teams in each league, and it's a, it's a little under two million. It's something. The last the numbers as eleven in the, there's eleven in the MIAC, and there's um there's, yeah. Well, the numbers the there's ten in the SWAC. There's only ten said, in the SWAC. You said two million. As of uh, 2014, the number was 1.6 million. So if there's 12 teams and 1.6 million, then it's 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 somewhere in that 125. But there's team. 10 teams and it's closer to two million, it's, so that would be closer to 100,000 a team. Okay, whatever it is, like that, whatever it is, whatever it's it is that, out. whatever it is that that's a significant <laughs> amount of money for those athletic departments where their budgets are like 500k. Okay. Some of some of their budgets are under a million dollars. So. Yeah. Um, it's significant for them for places that absolutely need the money, where that money's going to go to good use. So that's that's a good frustrated. thing. Frustrated? You seem very frustrated this morning. No, I'm great. All right, you seem I'm frustrated. Great. I'm I fired mean, up. It's the first day of the tournament. How can you be frustrated? I don't great. know. You just seem a little disturbed. Um, it's because uh, Doug Gottlieb couldn't get his phone to work. That's why <laughs> <laughs> he showed up. The best part: Gottlieb shows up. Doug Gottlieb, if, if you guys don't know, is like the most unprepared. Uh, go by the seat of his pants human being I've ever met. And uh, I texted him last night. I'm like, hey, because he's been wanting to come on the street, like literally asking, I'll do it whenever you want. Don't worry. So I texted him last night. I'm like, you know, today would be a good day. We got time. We don't have to go through a million games, whatever. And uh, so I text. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. So we texted him right at 9 Eastern. And he's like, today? I'm like, yeah, today, you, we just said – or he said now. I said, yeah, now, 9 Eastern. He's on the West Coast. And uh, he's like, okay, hold on. Let me get my phone. I'll do it through my phone. So he, he comes on, and you can't even see him. It's pitch black. He's driving in his car, and the connection is so slow that he sounds completely shit-faced. I mean, completely shit-faced. So we told Doug uh, tomorrow. So we'll break down the games, hopefully, with Doug tomorrow. But who knows? He could sound shit-faced again. He wasn't. It was just the connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was an interesting, um, interesting moment at the start of the stream. Uh, the other thing we need to talk about is Tom Izzo. And I really hope that this doesn't end up becoming a thing. I haven't watched any kind of sports talk stuff. I haven't checked any of like, the major um, websites to see if this is actually – being a thing, but oh, it will uh, be. It will be. You know, it will I, be. I, I think it'll be less of a thing because the tournament is starting right now. The game, like the real right. big games, are starting right now. Friday, and he lost, and and Michigan State lost. But what happened last night for the second time uh, in the span of two years? I guess when was the last one? And it was uh, 2019. So yeah, so the second straight tournament, Tom Izzo got caught on camera. Um, like just laying into one of his players, um, cursing him out. It was it was Gabe Brown this time, and uh, like there was Kenny Smith was getting on him afterwards, and there was a lot of talk about yeah, you can't coach like this. Um, and 
I really just hope it doesn't become a thing because it, it's it's so frustrating for me. This, this, this is the biggest problem with the way the NCAA tournament is covered is yep. that since it's such a since it dominates the sports landscape, right. but it only does it for like this one month. You have all of these people that swoop in and helicopter in and parachute in and pretend that they know what they're talking about and they cover the sport all year long, but they don't and they can't provide any context into the way this stuff works. So you see Tom Izzo cussing at one of his players, grabbing one of his players' shirts. Well, it's like um, that with McDermott, right? I mean, it's the same thing with McDermott, but but this one will obviously no, it's very, it's, the, what happens with McDermott is very is, it's I'm very not saying, I'm saying people, people making judgments on people that they have no idea who they are and they're not they, they have no context to it. They, they, yeah. All they see is one comment with McDermott. Here, all they see is, oh, it's Izzo doing it again, right? He's yelling at his players. His players yelling back at him. Man, Tom Izzo is is, is an, an old school coach who won't change. Like, it's a bunch of bullshit. You talk to any of, of Tom Izzo's current players, and more importantly, his former players. Talk to the former players. They all absolutely love him, none of which have ever sent a negative word to me, ever, whether it's Draymond Green whether it's Kalen Lucas, uh, who, whoever it is that you talk to that's a former player, Matt McQuaid, who just graduated a couple of years ago, who he he killed early on in his career. All these guys understand uh, Tom Izzo and, and, and his philosophy, which is tough love, but it's also I'm going to put my arm around you afterwards and I'm going to talk to you about it and and we're going to figure this thing out. And uh, but But again, like, I don't know. I, I feel like – that is the best way. Tommy isn't not abusing his players. He's not physically, he's not mentally abusing his players because he's got a relationship with these guys um, where he he can do that and they understand why he's doing it. Yeah, and two things. One, I'm going to bring this up real quick. Nathan, the last two days, we went through literally every single game. Right. We'll we we, we talked we'll every, every right. single game the last two days. Every single one of the if you if you watch the stream, you can go find it on our YouTube channel, Field of Sixty Eight. Every single game is broken down in every in each region. Um, it's clipped up and it's posted on the YouTube channel right now. So if you if you need that, go get it. That's why we're kind of uh, talking about what happened last night more than just breaking down these games because we already did it. We have nothing else to say. We've already broken them down. Um, second thing we'll is, give you, I'll give you our best picks here in a little bit. Yeah, that, that's yeah. What the the we'll second thing, picks. and I think the 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 most important note here is that. Um, the breakdown uh, or the uh, the the reaction of Gabe Brown is, I think, what's really important there. And you see Gabe Brown go right back at Izzo, right? And that's the that's that's the culture that he he has fostered. That's the culture that he wants and the environment yep. that he wants um, in in his program and with his teams. He wants. Uh, guys that are going to be fiery and guys that are going to be competitive and guys that are going to go at each other. He wants to be able to yell at his players and have his players come right back at him. That's what he wants, right? Yeah. And if you if you yeah. go back and watch, like, everyone's freaking out because he grabbed Gabe Brown and I think they grabbed him because because um, he was mad at him. But he was grabbing Gabe Brown because he wanted him to come back and because he wasn't finished making his point. You know, exactly. it wasn't like he was he was grabbing him because he was pissed. He was grabbing him because like, no, come back here. Like, we got to finish talking. Don't walk away from me, man. Like, we're in the yep. middle of something here. Um, and I promise you that what happened in that locker room when they got in there was everybody started yelling at each other. And then Tom Mizzo was like, yes, this is awesome. We're up by 11. Let's keep this going. And then they go and they start breaking down the, the stuff that happens in the next step. Now, if well, you maybe, want to maybe, they, it, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't go at it enough at halftime because, man, they 
you know, it's funny, and we'll get into it now. Let's let's get into games a little bit. Last night's games. Because- well, I just I want I want to make one more point because yeah. um because the the issue that that they had was like in that in that moment was something that uh, really cost them in the second half. Like basically the the adjustment that Mick Cronin made was he went small. Um, and he knew that Michigan State was going to try to switch everything and that they weren't doing a very good job with their ball screen coverages. And uh, and he just tore them apart that way, right? Like he was able to space the floor, find the mismatches he wanted, created the switch switches, and then just like bit by bit by bit chipped away and ended up um, finding a way to beat Michigan State in the second half. So the reason why Izzo was mad was because he knew that something like that was was very possible. They you know also what it was? Jaime uh, Haquez, uh he 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 just out hustled the dudes. Like seriously, he just got like yeah. a couple. Sec- he got two of the biggest plays. Uh, he missed he missed the bucket around the around the basket on one play. Then they got the offensive rebound, and it ended up being a three, I think. Or there were two plays where where he just got second chance points that were based on effort. And I, I felt like that was the biggest thing. Honestly, was Michigan State didn't put their foot in the pedal. The same thing that, that Wichita State didn't do. They both should have put their – like Wichita State should have been up 10, 15 points at half, and instead they're going in up a point. Drake is thinking like, oh, my God, like how are we in this game? With the way we've played for 20 minutes, we should be down 20 points. And instead they went in halftime looking at that score and saying, we played as bad as we could, and, and we're right there. Yep. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, Nathan, we got you right now, man. Our three best bets. Each of us picked out our three best bets for the day. Uh, so, Jeff, I'm going to I'm gonna cede the floor to you and allow you to make the first pick on this one. So um, I'm guessing, so here's, I'm guessing here's, you're going to make the wrong pick. Yeah, you, uh, you can take the same ones. I mean, that's fine. We can take the same ones. Yep. I'm going to start. I'm going to start with the one that Rob and I have argued about all week. And that is the Villanova Wildcats against uh, the Winthrop Eagles. And I'm taking the points and going to the bank. Like, I might just go to the bank right now. I might go to the bank right now with this one, Rob. Uh, they're getting six and a half now. I haven't checked the, late, the latest. Yeah, at Bet, Rivers, at Bet Rivers right now, it's six and a half. By the way, if you go to Bet Rivers and you sign up and you're a new user, if you – you do, uh, blah, 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 blah. Let, me, let me try that again. If you use the code 250MATCH, you'll get a $250 deposit um, match bonus. Yeah, uh, and they also have this thing where it's like most of these most of these sites. What they'll do is they make you have to play like um, twenty five hundred dollars worth of bets to be able to get all of the two hundred and fifty dollars. No, you got to do it once. Bet two hundred fifty bucks, and then all of a sudden you get that two hundred fifty bucks in your account. So uh, that's not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal. We got a, we got a full month of betting to do. So make sure you go and uh, and you do that. Um, so I'm, I'm going I'm going Winthrop here uh, again. Almost solely based on the fact that I just I, I think it's pretty hard to win without a point guard, and uh, I don't think Chris Archie Diacono is ready for this yet, uh, and he's thrust into this extended minutes action uh, because of the injury to Colin Gillespie. So Winthrop plays like eleven dudes. They play fast. They can make shots. They're well coached. They have a six-seven point guard who's uh, Chandler Valgren, who probably <laughs> honestly every high major will go after, especially after this game tonight, you watch. Every high major will try to convince to do another year and do it at their place because he is he is a different and a completely unique player. Uh, and now look for him to back down uh, Chris Archidiacono or, or whoever 
uh, Villanova tries to put at the point. But the other part is I just don't think Villanova's offense is going to be able to pull away. So I think the six and a half, I, I think, honestly, I'm going to take the money line too, but I, I really like the six and a half. So there, there's a couple of problems um, with the logic here. One is that Winthrop wants to play fast. And the problem with playing fast when you're an underdog is you create more possessions. If you create more possessions, that reduces the variance. That's a bad thing when you're the worst team because it means over a course, over however many possessions, uh, you're you're more likely to have the, the, the expected outcome the larger the sample size is, the more possessions that you have, the more likely it is that these uh, these these high major teams are going to end up winning. Um, so I don't think that that's necessarily playing in Winthrop's benefit. The other part of it is that you keep mentioning how like Chris Archie Diacono is going to end up guarding Chandler Valdron. That's not that's not what's going to happen. They're going to put Jermaine Samuels or Brandon Slater or one of these guys that's six foot seven and long and athletic that Valdron has not seen this season. They're going to put him on him, and like Jermaine Samuels is going to eat him up. I don't think that that Valdron's going to have a very good game dealing with either one of those two guys. Um, the third issue is that uh, even without um, e- even without um, uh, Colin Gillespie there, like there's still pros on this roster. Um, there's still Jeremiah Robinson Earl is still going to play in the NBA. You know, we're still talking about guys that are a bunch of high major dudes, top fifty recruits that are just better than the players that are on Winthrop. Winthrop, part of the reason why their record is as good as it is and their metrics are as good as they are is because they haven't played anybody. It's the same thing as like Colgate ending up eighth in the net, right? There just has not been enough um, cross-contamination of, of some of these numbers to be able to get a real feel for just how good these teams are. Like the best team that Winthrop's played this season is Furman or UNC Greensboro. They haven't seen anybody that has the, anywhere near the size and athleticism that Villanova has. And <clears throat> at the end of the day, I think that ends up winning out. And here's the most important point. Um, it's actually two things. One, uh, Villanova has had nine days to figure out a way to make this work. Nine days to figure out how to make up for the fact that they don't have Colin Gillespie out there. Um, and the second part of that is when they struggled, like the loss to Providence was their first game playing without Colin Gillespie. And it just so happened in the first half that Justin Moore went down with an ankle injury. The other part of it is that um, when they came back and they lost to Georgetown, which looked like a really bad loss at the time, like Georgetown went out, won the Big East tournament. They won four in a row. Georgetown is 10 and four. George, you can make the argument that Georgetown was the best team in the Big East over the course, like since they came back from their pause. And Villanova lost that game by one against a team that beat Creighton by 25 in the Big East tournament title game. So, um, yeah, I think that everybody is selling on, on Villanova now, and I'm, I'm buying low. I'll buy it up. I'll, I'll buy all of the Villanova. So that's um, yeah. that's one of your picks. So that that's your favorite so my pick. First, so my first pick is, is is Villanova. Yeah. So that's right, one of my so favorites. I'm up next. Then. I'm up next. Yep. Uh, I'm going. Uh, and tell me what the line is on Bet Rivers. I don't have it up on me if it's changed. But I'm going Texas Tech. No surprise. I think it's down to four. It's four and a half. Yeah. Uh, it it's it's up to four. Um, last that I checked. Let me just. I haven't looked at it yet this morning. Yeah, it's up to four. Yeah. We open it three and a half. It's up to four. Yeah, I just think, you know, this is a guy, uh, Chris Beard, who's owned the NCAA tournament the last couple of times he's he's participated in it, uh, taking him to the Elite Eight and the, and the championship game. Um, their guards, yeah, they, they got to figure out a way to, to neutralize Nemes Keda for Utah State, who's a pro, and, and he's gotten a lot better over the last year. But ultimately, it's, it's a guards game in the NCAA tournament, Rob, if you haven't known that. 
So uh, Texas Tech's guards, Mac McClung, it's going to be really difficult for Utah State to be able to contain. And it's not just McClung. They've got other guys on this team. I think Terrence Shannon's going to be a tough matchup for Utah State, too, because of his length and athleticism. So I really, really like Texas Tech here, given four. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm not worried about Mac McClung as much as I am worried about uh, what Texas Tech's defense can do to, to Utah State, who doesn't have great guard play. Um, right. You know, Utah State's biggest issue is they turn the ball over a lot, and and Texas Tech is top eight nationally um, in in defensive turnover percentage. So uh, I'm with you on Texas Tech. Um, I like them in that spot. My next favorite bet is uh, yeah. is the over in or- Oral Roberts and um, and Ohio State. And I talked about this a little bit the other day, but uh, Oral Roberts is the worst defensive team in the tournament. The worst, the lowest rated defensive team in the tournament. Um, but there's two things that they want to do. One is they want to play fast. They're, they're going to try to like push up the number of possessions. The thing about Ohio State is like they're not explicitly a team that's going to play at pace. But if the underdog wants to play fast, that's something where the better team is, generally speaking, uh, going to be able to do that and match them and probably have success doing it. And it's something where Ohio State is willing to run. Uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of possessions in this game. Um, and Oral Roberts has like two studs. Max Asmus and Kevin O'Banner are both very, very, very good. Anybody that watched any of that Summit League tournament will, will attest. Uh, Asmus leads college basketball in scoring. O'Banner averages like 18 and 9. Like they are a very, very dangerous pick-and-pop duo. And we've seen over the course of the season that Ohio State is not very good at covering ball screens. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of possessions. I don't think either team is going to get very many stops. Uh, and I expect this game to fly over the total. I think we're going to see see a battle in the 80s. Um, I would not be surprised to see o- Ohio State get to like 90, uh, and something like a 90 to, to, to 68 game is going to get us uh, over the total. So uh, I love the over in this spot. Uh, my last one, if we're going three deep, which yep. I don't know if we're going longer than that, but we'll go three deep, uh, is, is North, North Carolina for me. <clears throat> Robbie Helmel has convinced me that Wisconsin's just not very good. And and he started earlier than than they did convincing me, which um, they did over the last month, month and a half. But, you know, listen, Carolina to me is, is dangerous because their guards are growing up. And that's the big thing. Their front court is a beast. And I don't know how Wisconsin's front court is going to deal with, with these three or four guys for Carolina. I mean, Micah Potter, Nate Reavers, they haven't been great this year anyway, and they haven't seen a front line like this, right? I mean, De'Ron Sharp is a, is a beast. Baycott's been good. Garrison Brooks is a, a veteran. And then you add Walker Kessler in the mix, who's been terrific over the last couple weeks or so. And it's like Roy Williams, it's like Christmas for Roy. Like, he loves bigs. And, and he, he just opens up new presents and just throws them out there. And, like, he, this is, like, the greatest thing ever for Roy Williams. So, it's up to the guards. And I think the biggest thing for Carolina is just keep Demetrius Trice under control. Don't let him go off for 30-something and it come down to a last-second possession. Uh, but I like Carolina here, given I think it's one and a half is last I saw. Yeah, uh, one and a half is line at Bet Rivers right now. Um, I, I like North Carolina. It's not one of my favorite bets. Um I do think that there's some value on the the Syracuse money line just because they play the zone, and that's always going to be difficult to match up with. Uh, and I want to just mention, like, Liberty getting points I think is a really difficult matchup 
for um, for Oklahoma State in that spot. Uh, the Baylor first half is really interesting to me. I'll have money on that as well. But my my next favorite bet of the day is uh, is Arkansas laying eight and a half against Colgate. Um, look, Colgate wants to run. Uh, the again, it's going to be high possessions, which is a bad thing for the underdog. Yeah, I can't wait for this game. Colgate, um, their their metrics are just inflated because of the schedule that they played. I've made this point before. They've only played five different teams this season. All of them are Patriot League teams. They played Boston U five times. They played Army four times. They have not seen anybody anywhere near uh, Arkansas's athleticism or talent or or, or, or scoring ability. Um, and and the race like running with the Razorbacks is just going to play into their hands. It's yeah. it's really that yeah. simple. And um, I, I think that that Arkansas wins this game by like twenty five points. I think they get it going away. Um, I think that we could see something where it's like. 90 to to 90 to 65 something like that like i think there's going to be a lot of points in this game and the over is interesting to me but i just don't see how colgate is able to to keep pace with them so i i i really really think they're going to cover all right ellis real quick we'll give you the the two or three most excited to watch today um yep yeah we'll, we'll we'll run through go go you can start with that one what's your what's the game that you are most excited to watch today what is it um, I think it's probably uh, so. I, I think it's the Ohio State Oral Roberts is going to be really entertaining, um, but I just don't see an upset coming there. Uh, I think the most likely upset that we're going to see is either North Texas against Purdue or Liberty against um, Oklahoma State. Uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see Winthrop Villanova just because like I can't wait for them to win so I can talk endless shit to you. Uh, and I think the only other spot where we're going to see an upset is probably Syracuse over San Diego State. Um, the game I am least excited to watch today is Rutgers against Clemson because it's going to be a smooth fest. Like they really, they really didn't do us any favors having Rutgers against Clemson tip off at like nine twenty. Right. You know, at least it's not going to be a standalone in that window because that that that's a snooze fest right there. Yeah, I would say for me, it's Winter Villanova would be one. Uh, Syracuse, San Diego State uh, would be would be two for me, and uh, what would be three? You know, it's three for me only because of you, only because of you. Oregon State, Tennessee. Like I want to see if Tennessee can is one and done, or they could somehow add some in here. Because you, I mean, listen, you had them winning the national title back like December. No, I'm, I'm, okay, let, let's get this right. Let's get the facts straight. I have not had anybody other than Gonzaga winning a national title since five minutes into the uh, the first game of the season against Kansas. There's a tweet to back this up. I, I'll, I'll show it to you. That said, I may have called Tennessee the second best team in college basketball, <laughs> <laughs> which which that's definitely a freezing cold takes. Uh, that doesn't look great. Um, but if they, uh, it's the hottest what, cold take ever. Yeah, look. They they were playing like it for a while. That's my only defense. They were playing weeks, like it for a yeah. while. Two weeks. They were they playing, they were playing like it for a while. You convinced then, me. I think you convinced me. Like I really think you wore me down enough. You look awesome. I, I took so many victory laps. They beat Missouri by twenty points in Missouri, and I took so many victory laps. I was like, yeah, right. Thirty-five to one. I'm gonna win this bet. Nope. They don't have a point guard. Let's see if they can get past the tinkle. Can they get past the tinkle? That's that's what I want to know. Get past the tinkle. I think they do. All right. Well, I, I hope for your sake they do because I'm going to be intrigued watching that game uh, 
to, to be honest, only because Ellis, I, I kind of want Rob to be wrong as much as humanly possible. Well, so I, I, how, how can I be any more wrong than I am right now? Like they're a five seed. They, they limped into the tournament like you limp around the uh, the softball. <laughs> so true. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow morning. You know All we're right. getting hilarious when we just start rambling like this. So uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow morning. Maybe we'll have Doug Gottlieb. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Maybe we'll have another surprise. You never know. We don't know what's going to happen on the street. Gottlieb yeah. could be anywhere. He could be coming in from anywhere. Yeah. Like he was going to get like bagels or something this morning. Who knows? Yeah, probably. All right, man. I'll see you later.